On this episode of AV Week, we have a ginormous mega merger in the world of integrators. Where exactly is the AV industry headed? And are manufacturer rep jobs going away? All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Advanced AV. This is AV Week, episode 234, recorded Friday, February 19th, 2016. Inconceivable. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us this week, uh, it's kind of like an ISE redux with a couple extra added. So first and foremost, the left side of my brain, Mr. George Tucker. Hello, everybody. How are you, sir? Are you, are you recovered right. yet? I, I was fine. See, I, I, I'm st- I just last night, I actually slept decently. Um, and, and slept normally. I was getting up at like three o'clock in the morning the rest of the week, the earlier this week. So, all right. The other, the other part of our ISE uh, squadron is uh, Mr. Uh, Matt D. Scott. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Doing well. And uh, the last, at least on this uh, on this uh, round table, is um, Mr. Harry Mead. Hello. So Harry, Matt, and. <laughs> Uh, George, uh, all went with me to ISE Integrated Systems Europe. The rest of this panel did not, not because they didn't want say, to. And now I'm on site fixing everything that had to happen while I was at ISE. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Harry and I have been spending a lot of team viewer time together. Uh, first up, Chris Netto. How are you, sir? Doing good. How's everything? Good. And last but not least, Gina Sansevero from FSR. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing really well. How are you guys? Good. Good to, good to have you on. Uh, I'll actually see you next week. Is that right? At BLC? Yes, next week. Next week's BLC, the ha- happy uh, NSCA event, Business Leadership Conference. So uh, if you're going, come by and say hi to Gina. And if you see me, throw something at me. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or th- you know, money is always nice. Money. Yeah, money see? is always nice. Um, okay, so Marketing. while we were actually gone, I got a couple emails from some friends uh, that said, hey, didn't know if you saw this, didn't know if you heard about this. Um, uh, Let's see if I can get the the story up here, see if I remember how to do this after two weeks off. No, I guess I don't. All right, let's just do it this way. Screen share. Huh? Screen share. Pick your window. (laughs) You know what? Screen. I did screen share. There it is. I'm not sure why it wasn't popping up. You know what? Here to help. I know. You're, you're such a good help. Diversified is acquiring or has acquired technical innovation. <clears throat> and this is from tvtechnology.com. Uh, Another one of the stories is from uh, our buddies over at Commercial Integrator. Inside a mega merger, how and why $215 million diversified acquired $180 million uh, technical innovation. Uh, one of the emails I got uh, from uh, an integrator friend of mine said that these th- this merger could very well be the biggest, quote-unquote, um, the biggest 
uh, um, integrator from a uh, from a sales perspective. In other words, the most sales in the U.S. Um, now, yes, ABISPL ABI is the big kahuna, but ABISPL has they they have other offices outside the U.S. Actually, um, uh, Matt uh, talked with, uh, with with their U.K. office over at ISC and, and did an interview there. So, uh, George, we'll start with you on this one. What does this mean for integrators, um, kind of the small folks and, and the medium-sized folks, when you have a deal like this going through? Well, I think we're still in a stage where a lot of those medium-sized companies are starting to merge, um, where you can, you will. I think you get market share, you get pricing opportunities, and you get to be the guy on the block that everybody knows, and you do the work. Um, it's going to be harder to be a mom and pop, just like when the Walmarts and the chain stores come into town. You're going to have to find a way to be very niche and perhaps diversify just a bit more. That's All the right. way I see it, really. Uh, yeah. uh, Matt, you guys don't have uh, huge acquisitions like this in, in general uh, in Canada. But from, from a standpoint of, of watching this from, from kind of the outside just north, what, does this do anything for you guys in, in your business? Not directly in our business. The, you know, being a smaller integrator, we always would approach this type of conversation, uh, especially with a client of, you know, they're a big firm. Yeah, they've got a bunch of offices. Yeah, but we're your local guys on the ground. We're the guys that are going to help you anytime. You're not going to call a 1-800 number. Um, that would be kind of our approach in, in dealing with it. And then as far as just seeing this happen in the industry, I I don't think it's bad. I think it's good. Um, you know, good bringing, for who though? Good for them. Okay, it's an honest question. Yeah, it's not necessarily bad for the industry in general, other than the fact that you know, as soon as you get the conglomerates, it just makes it harder for everybody else uh, to combat and 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 go toe to toe with these guys, but. To be honest, at the end of the day, I don't know if it really matters. It's just another integrator. It's just it. You just have another big, massive integrator that is going to sell things based on their size and their scope, and the fact that they have forty-seven offices in forty-seven states. No one like that doesn't care, or that doesn't carry any weight unless you need an integrator in those forty-seven states, and you want it to be the same across the board, and that's. That's where I see these big firms being effective, but what now we're going to see AVI SPL go up against? I don't even. I, I'm sure I read it, but Let's I don't call them diversified. They're... Are they sticking with just diversified? I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they're going to go up. Like, does it? Does that really affect most of us unless we're in one of those two slash three companies? Yeah, probably not. Here we go. Good point. Uh, Gina, from a manufacturer standpoint, I've always been curious about this when it, when when big mergers like this happen. Um, it, it kind of like the the opposite side of when when uh, Control Four bought PackEdge a few weeks ago, right? You're going to have PackEdge dealers, you're going to have Control Four dealers, and and it'd be interesting to see how the the two kind of meet. When you have big integrators like this, my expectation is that on some level they're at least interfacing with FSR, and they're they're some one of the two of them. I'm almost certain is purchasing from FSR, right? So when when you do that, how do you guys approach big companies like that, right? I'm not asking you out specifically, you know, um, diversified, but maybe you know, AVI SPL or, or some of the, the, the medium to, to large companies. How do you guys approach them when it comes to servicing them and making sure that, that they're taken care of? 
So um, I don't think there is a one-size-fits-all answer to that. What we see is that we're going to have to learn what the new culture of that company is going to be. Do they allow the individual offices to make decisions, or is everything run through a headquarters? Um, who was a loyal FSR uh, dealer before this, and, and um, you know, can we continue to keep up those relationships? You know, with, with AVISPL, there's a lot of autonomy in the regional offices, and we can go and we can see from a manufacturer standpoint um, a number of different people throughout the country, and some of them will say, you know, yeah, absolutely, we have some projects that are going on, and, and we have FSR specified, and there are others that say, you know, we don't have as much autonomy as somebody else, so we have to go through HQ for that, and then we'll talk to uh, people in HQ. But I think what's going to happen, and especially since Diversified is right in our backyard in Kenilworth, New Jersey, um, it's really only, I don't know, 25 minutes from the office. So they they were, um, and still are, very, very friendly FSR dealers. And um, it'll be interesting to see if the culture within the company actually changes based on these acquisitions. I know that the technical innovations is going to be kind of morphed into diversified. And if that's the case, are there going to be hiccups along the way? For sure, I, I think the answer is. Um, but does that change? the way the employees, the employee power, um, the way they, they purchase, the way they uh, work on projects. And, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it definitely will be. Uh, Mr. Mead there, you, you, you work in and around D.C. with a lot of different companies, both big and small. Um, same kind of question to, to you as to Matt. What does this do to um, – the medium and the and the and the not the obviously ginormous companies, but the medium to to big companies that are to, are used to going up against you know uh, you know the, the the big boys and and girls in in the block. Uh, pretty much, we. Uh, I mean, for for me, it means that there's going to be less uh, of the big bid work. Mm. That's going to get that's going to get eaten up by them because they have the resources that can sit there and bid it, and and go through and do all the specs and everything else. Um, so it means that for us, I think it, it means that we get much more boutique and much more service oriented and setting ourselves apart that way, as opposed to you're dealing with megalith XYZ, you're dealing with little guys who are, who are actually able to give you the response time that you're looking for and the person more personal touch that you're looking for. Yeah, it's a really good Tim, question. can I ask a question really quick? Sure. Because I'm, I'm curious about that. I was kind of thinking about that myself. And, and my question is, you know, obviously small companies have a, a reputation to be able to move quicker, right? They, they're able to move quicker for their clients. Is this going to affect the way that clients um, or end users see the AV industry? If, if, a, if a big company like an AVISPL or Diversified Technical Innovations will end up coming in and doing a job for you and they're not necessarily able to be as, as uh, spry or limber as um, you know, some, a, a smaller company, is that going to affect the way the AV industry is portrayed to others in the future. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I, I don't know it, if it – sorry, go ahead, Hurry. I was going to say uh, a, couple of, a couple of things on that. Um, we actually have gotten subcontracted before to run service for some of these bigger guys. 
So we end up being the local service contact for uh, for their customers. And uh, but two, yeah, I've made a career of picking up after the big guys. <laughs> And that's well, actually not a bad career advice either. No, no. There's And there's something to be said for, you know, when you look at this application from the end user standpoint, there's something to be said for the client or the end user being happy with, you know, either buying local and supporting that local non-massive monopoly company. That's why, you know, Ace Hardware and Home Hardware and all those little companies still exist even though Home Depot is on, you know, every ma or in every major town. Um, but just as, just as Harry said, you know, we get contracted as well for a fairly large integrator out of Dallas. And we do a ton of IT work both locally and in Toronto uh, for this huge integrator out of Dallas that doesn't, they, they don't have anyone on the ground. Um, up in Canada, so they contract companies like myself and and others to do that kind of work. It, I think, the long and short view for the the end user will come down to the fact of, as long as they're maintaining what they determine to be an acceptable level of service and support, they probably won't really care whether you know for whether ABI and um, diversified merge again and become an even bigger company. It, it won't matter to them in the long run because as much as, you know, we we love our industry and we like to think our industry is huge in, in the grand scheme of things and for the general consumer, they don't really care. They just want their boardroom to work. Yeah. Chris, I want to bring you in on this because you've, 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 you've worn a lot of hats over the years and, and you've been a tech manager for large corporations and now you're a consultant for those uh, same some of those same corporations. Back to Gina's point, does that you think that changes you know uh, end users' perception of, of the industry? Nope. Nope. Just no. 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 Just straight up no. Well, I mean, this is why we do. That may be the shortest answer you've ever yeah. given me no. for anything. No. Why? Why did? Why did you like make me elaborate? Let him leave it. Three-year-old face and say no, not having it. <laughs> well, uh, let me explain why I, I, I emphatically say no. Um, as a consultant who does bid work for these large corporations, uh, the corporations have their companies that they choose. Um, that's part of their buying, um, their approved vendors list. Yeah. If Diversified was on an approved buyers list, now Technical Innovations by merger is now on that as well. So maybe they're able to service the companies or large corporations that have multiple offices a little better. Um, I think the, the the bigger the bigger thing is this. This is how it affects the little guys or the smaller guys. Um, they now have buying power that is going to double very quickly. So a company that was purchasing, you know, take FSR and they were buying it at 25% off, now we'll go back to the manufacturers and say. We're that much bigger, and we want that much more of a discount. Where that puts the heat then on the smaller companies that don't have that buying power and that leverage. So that is one aspect of a bigger merger that will affect the, the little guys uh, or the smaller companies. And you're right, Harry. You know there are people that make careers off of fixing what the big guys mess up, because one of the things that you know seems to go hand in hand with the larger company is that you know when when it comes to the final the, the, those those granular granular details 
they miss some. You know, because they are just moving in, um, you know, big iceberg mode, whereas the little guys can zip around a lot quicker on a jet ski, for that matter. Yeah. So you, you have that. The other thing that has to be taken into account when looking at this, and I know uh, Diversified is local. It's in Jersey. Word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with, with Diversified here in Jersey, their biggest, their, their biggest market was they were doing stadiums, stadium sounds. Uh, they were working a lot in the big uh, TV production studios, right? So they have a history of that. They also are heavily in the digital signage market. Uh, they not only will sell the monitors, they also do that one thing that we say is very elusive in our industry, which is they also have the content creation going on in the background. So prior to this merger, Diversified Systems was two companies, Diversified Systems and Diversified Media Group. They are now merged as one, or three companies, correct? And now they've all merged under one, and now they've purchased uh, technical innovation. So from a bigger scheme of things, it's... It's, it's a bigger play. Uh, technical innovations was more the conference room uh, AV guys, traditional AV guys that we know. The guys from uh, Diversified were moving into other areas, and they did have an AV division. But their big their big business was in the broadcast and obviously their stadiums. All right. Very good. Uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, wrap up ISE. I guess not necessarily once and for all. We've been putting uh, videos up all week. But I, I wanted to cover a story that, that we actually covered on Resi Week, kind of two different sides of the, of the same coin. This is from Installation International, and Installation did uh, an interview with both Ven Bruno, who's the head of Cedia, and, and with Dave Labuskis uh, from uh, Infocom. And uh, according to this article, uh, quote unquote, technical advances are creating opportunities that are almost inconceivable in scale believes David Labuskis, Executive Director and CEO of Infocom International. Okay, uh, very optimistic. Uh, what, what I want to point there on, and, he, and, and Dave goes on to, to talk about a lot of really cool things that Infocom is doing this year. Um, Harry, we're going to start with you on this one. Incon inconceivable in scale. That's the, the 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 part of the article that caught me, and unfortunately, it's in like the first or second first or second paragraph. Um, inconceivable in scale. Are are we at that point where we're inconceivable in scale and things are coming down that that way? I think it might seem that way to someone who has followed the AV industry, because again, as Matt was saying, the AV industry itself is not all that big. <clears throat> um, it's very small. It's very small. Um, and uh, the <laughs> now I'm completely off on a different train of thought. Danger anyway, <laughs> the uh, I don't know. I I mean it, it depends on how the uh, how the the convergence keeps going with IT and how much IT takes over. Um, I mean one example here is that. Um, one of the sites that I'm dealing with, they keep simplifying their systems every time that something happens. Every time we put a new system in, it's, there's less and less to it. There's less and less to it. So, um, so yeah. So, I don't know if I would particularly agree with inconceivably large or whatever the the actual term was. Where where is that? Where what is that? 
What is that general statement is what I'm asking first. Like, well, Chris, I thought the same thing. I'm like, that is the most vague, uninteresting yeah. answer that I've ever heard. It's not vague. It's inconceivable. Have no, you never seen have Princess have Bride? Princess Bride. It's not a problem. Can we please quote Princess Bride now for the remainder of the show? So you yeah. keep using that word. <laughs> I was That's waiting for somebody to say that. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So so let's let's take a look at the at the industry in general, right? Um, according to Infocom, the 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 this is the year 2016. Um, the, is this this is the year that the U.S. market is surpassed by Asia Pacific, right? Okay. Cool. I can see the the inconceivably large part of that. Um, are we there? I mean, is, are, are, is this industry growing at that rate? And are we, you know, on some precipice of, of greatness? Or are we just, you know, kind of nicely making some inroads and, and, and there's not some great big giant leaps happening? Is he lumping us with IT is my first question. Hmm. You know, because if you're going to lump us with IT, then yes. Oh, wow, we just got bigger. You know, um, when you start adding all the components of of AV with IT, and now we're finally starting to get some attention from other areas of the news, I guess, by, you know, security issues and backdoor issues and this stuff and that. You know, is that where he's going with inconceivable? Because we've been around, we've been doing the same thing for the last God knows how many years, 20 years or so. It's been the same type of systems. We can go a little further. This was something that I, that, that I was uh, working on this week is I think we're hitting a point from this inconceivable side where our, the hardware is all there for us to, to, to work. We can, we can build anything that the customer will ask us. But now we're going to be limited, not by our technology, but by the software. Um, with these backdoor openings and security issues, there's a lot of fear, which will, I, in my opinion, hinder people from going out inspecting a particular piece of gear that may be open to the Internet and cause concern. Now, that's debatable by everybody here. You can say that within a corporate uh, environment that you know it's the, it's the corporate IT department that is supposed to be protecting and shielding intruders from coming into... To our rooms, and who really wants to mess around with a switcher? I mean, to be honest with you, you, you want to change a source on one of our conference rooms. But yes, once you can get in, and Matt will probably be able to speak to it better than I can. Once you get in, it's 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 tunneling through and finding other things that can, they they can do bad things for. Yeah. That's my answer to it. If that's where he's going with the unbelievable, inconceivable, blah blah blah. You know, I, I think I can add to what Chris was saying is that. It's really about IoT, so it is about IT, but it's the fact that this is all going to be interconnected and conjoined, and that that buzzword of IoT brings in the CES-type crowd, and now they're interested as well. Whether that means that we're going to explode and become inconceivably large based on a merger with that market, or it goes the other way is still to be determined, but I think that's really what's the major part of it. It's now a buzzword that Wall Street and the mass market gets. I could see that, Gina. Let's hmm. bring you on the, on this. When it comes to not just you know growing growing the industry, but Chris brings up a good point with the network. You guys have gotten um, oh lord, almost a year or so ago, you introduced me to uh, a a fairly compact but useful uh, control prop uh, control platform uh, that FSR has. So when you guys start developing stuff like that, and you do have a software platform, 
how are you how are you talking with with the end users you st- you you directly talk with the education market how are you talking with them and, and allaying some of these fears that they may have um so well the educational market uh is is full of a couple of misnomers and and one of them is that they're end users and the people i talk to in the ev media services departments are are not end users they feel like their faculty their staff those are the end users those are the ones who who definitely um uh, work with with the product as as their clients so they're well educated is my point the people that i'm talking to and and what we're finding from our point of view is that our products, you know, from from the infrastructure stuff, we don't get this very often, but from the electronics and from the control, we'll get this a lot. Um, our products are becoming much more commoditized, I guess you could say. Everybody is getting into it. Um, there are a number of different companies out there where you can you can uh, check out their websites, and everybody has something similar—a little black box that looks very, very similar. Um, so, you know, waylaying their fears. I, I think they're much more educated than that. I think that they understand um, how how things work. Uh, they understand security concerns. They understand working with their IT departments. A lot of them have uh, separate networks for AV and IT within their campuses. Um, they they're they're very savvy. What they're finding is. Well, teach me about the benefits of using your black box or your control system over somebody else's, because that's really what it comes down to. Everybody's getting a little bit into everybody else's space, and and so what do we bring to the table? That makes a whole lot of sense, um, Harry. Real quickly, on on you, know, you guys have have gone from uh, you've done you know medium sized to, to large sized projects, um, just from a government standpoint. Um, and I'm going to be careful <laughs> to ask this because you and I have had conversations about the economy in general. <laughs> I'm not related to AV. Um, where are we at when it comes to to that segment uh, of the AV industry? Are we growing or are we stagnant or where are we headed? Yes and no. Yeah. It, wait. I was going to say gr- growing and stagnant at the same time. Okay. Just depends. Um, it depends on what. Uh, it depends on on what it, for for this depends on what agency it depends okay. on who's buying. Um, sub eight, some agencies are going great guns. Some agencies have had to cut back. Um, so it really depends on who you're dealing with. Um, contractors uh, like suppliers. That, that's a lot of the work as well is actual government contractors. I mean, your your big guys, uh, Lockheed and Lidos. And I'm just looking out the window and I can read the buildings. Read the buildings. Um, <laughs> uh, since I'm down here in Northern Virginia today, and uh, um, but yeah, so it, and it depends on who they're working for. So it, it, it all flows downhill from the trough that all the little piggies are feeding at. Understand. All right. Uh, last but not least here, guys, and, and we'll let you go here. Uh, this comes from our buddy, uh, Ted Green, actually, who will be on, on uh, Resi Week this, this next Monday. Uh, rep and distributor sales. Jobs evaporating. One million more to disappear by 2020. Uh, this comes to him but from the Forrester Group. 
uh, suggesting that the rep and distributor sales may be going away. Um, Gina, I actually want to start with you on this because you're, you're the only manufacturer we have on here. Um, and depending on who the manufacturer is, right? I'm, I'm not painting FSR in general, talking mm -hmm. about manufacturers in general. Depending on their business model will determine on, on how they do this, right? Some do distributorships. Um, we talked to a lot of folks last week in I, at ISC where you'll, you'll be able to get U.S. Comp uh, U.S. product, but it's only through distributorship, right? Whether it's the U.K. or Germany or what have you. Uh, other ones will uh, will uh, allow you to sell directly. Um, rep jobs are the same way. Um, a very good friend of ours and, and, and one of my best friends from years and years ago, uh, he worked for, for a, a microphone manufacturer. Um, he was a direct rep. And <clears throat> I know sometime late last year, he decided that that, that particular junction, he was time to move on from that. And so now he is a rep for a DSP and, and, and amplifier manufacturer, but he works for a rep firm, right? So he went from being a direct rep, direct employee of that, of that manufacturer, and now he works for an independent rep firm. And looking at stuff like this when it comes to B2B jobs and, and, and FSR's model um, also, um, what is this? Are we in a, in a position where, you know, manufacturers need to go directly to the end user, or does the does, does the distributor um, rep model still work? Um, well, from from FSR's point of view, we set, we work through a rep network. Um, we have about gosh twenty or so manufacturers reps. Um, it might be more than that throughout the world now. Uh, I think that it allows us to really work to where our strength is and that's our engineering so we quote unquote outsource a lot of our sales we make sure that our regional managers work well with our reps around the country so that everybody's getting answers and product and uh, training that they need but but we really uh, that reducing the amount of overhead that we could be spending on a sales staff allows us to really focus on engineering and and we're doing a lot of R&D we're we're researching a lot of trends we're kind of keeping up with the industry so that we know what's needed next a lot of our consultants and architects love us because they say you know what you know we need a new table box but we need it with a cutout here and we need it with this kind of connectivity here and and we're able to customize things relatively quickly um, and and that's what working with rep network allows us to do it allows us to focus our resources where our specialties are now I have a little bit of a problem um, and and this article had a ton of really interesting facts in it one of them specifically was that 93% of B2B buyers say they prefer to buy online and 59% of buyers don't want to interact with salespeople. Meanwhile, the more people you talk to, and maybe they're just telling us this because they want us to feel better, but the more people we talk to, the more people say they, they buy based on relationships. They buy from people who they like. So really, guys, what's the answer? Are we buying from people we like or are we buying from machines? And, and how should we handle that in the future? I think those are questions that we haven't seen played out. I think that those are astonishing facts if they're in fact true and I'm, I'm sure that they are but but I was really sitting there thinking well 
people know FSR because of our interaction with others, our ability to, to play nice, our ability to, to move quickly, and our ability to, to really perform when we're asked to perform. And, and so how do you get that from a computer? Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. And, and here, here's the dangerous part of, of the next part of this discussion is talking to, to the rest of these, these four gentlemen, because all four of them have different experiences. Um, sure. Because here's the thing. Um, you can, there's, there's, there's an old friend of mine, um, tech manager from, from up in Maine. And uh, his name's Scott Tyner. He writes for Ray's Pubs. He's a great, great guy. He and I would always have a constant conversation about manufacturers' reps. He has had nothing but issues getting reps up where he is right that's a guy well, who, he's in a remote area he's in a remote area but yeah. but he's it's it's still one of the biggest colleges in maine granted it's maine i get it it's it's a ways up there but last time i checked it's still part of of, of the northeast right it's still part of new england um <laughs> it is. it's, it's in somebody's england. region it's in somebody's territory somewhere right <laughs> so for crying out loud go somebody go give buy buy scott tyner a, a cup of coffee um, but but that's what I'm, I want to say here is is, is Matt uh, Scott here he lives in Canada, the 51st state of the union. Um, he has I've a different experience <laughs> than than Tucker does, than I do, than than Neto, than than Harry. Uh, real quickly, Matt, your experience and and which would you rather have? Would you rather direct with the manufacturer? Would you rather have a rep, or would you rather buy stuff online like Gina says? Okay, so here's here's the fun caveat I'm going to throw into that. I like a combination of all three. So, because You're I am being difficult, Canada, you realize that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and we have, you know, different rules and different. Just obtaining product is a is a bit of a adventure at times. Um, so long and short, I have a manufacturer right now that while we were in Amsterdam, I got a call from my rep, who I like. He's a nice guy. Um, I see him normally maybe once a year. We grab coffee. Uh, I see him at the shows all the time. Uh, but I got a call from him saying that we didn't meet our minimum and we're now no longer able to buy direct from them. And that's fine. I understand that. Um, but now I'm at a hard spot because they have four or five different divisions. We purchase mainly one, uh, but a little bit of division two and three. My distributor, who sells division one that we sell a lot of, obviously not enough to meet the minimum it seems, but we still sell a lot of, um, they don't carry lines two and three. So now I'm stuck trying to find another avenue or another manufacturer who can get me that product that I used to buy from my distributor, or I'm sorry, from the manufacturer. My distributors, just in general, I never see them. I have to go to them, with the exception of, sorry, two of the smaller firms, which are great. But the big distributors who have everything I need uh, whose names everyone would recognize because they're big in Canada and the U.S. I don't see them. I don't get a call from them. I have to call them half the time. I have to give them model numbers so they can go call somebody at head office to get me a price on because they don't have it in their system on fairly standard stuff. And buying on the Internet, obviously we can't buy most of what we need online because most of the manufacturers don't sell it online. Just to clarify, you are two hours outside of Michigan. You are not in the frozen tundra. This is true. No, I, I, I am an hour from Michigan. I'm two hours from Detroit, two hours to Buffalo, and two hours to Toronto. Damn. And I go, I go to Toronto 
probably minimum once a month for something to either go see see a supplier, see a distributor, pick something up, return something. Um, and, you know, we've had these conversations. We're going up uh, for Westbury's event. And, again, they're, they're, a, um, they're an integrator. But we're going up to an event mainly because I'll actually be able to see somebody. I'll be able to talk to somebody and get them on the phone. Like it's, and again, I realize this is Canada, and I realize that I'm not, I'm not a Westbury, or I'm not a Navy ISBL, or I'm not any of what you guys do, uh, on a scale of things. But it is incredibly hard. Now, when it comes to somebody like FSR, I know Gina. Hi, Gina. Hi. And if I need something, I'm calling Gina, because I can make that happen because we have a personal relationship. Yes. I know I have a rep. Maybe, I have no idea who it is. I have a catalog, but like it just, that's the, that is the hard part of being not in a big Metro. And I'm sure as much as we'd like to think it's not the same, uh, go find some guy who lit, you know, who has a small firm in a sub 500,000, uh, you know, population city in the Midwest. Okay. I'm going to guess his, yeah, Tim, I'm going to guess that their their stories are not too unlike mine. Uh, actually, you know what? Here, here's the thing about being where I live. I, I live outside of St. Louis. Technically, I live in Southwest yeah, so you Illinois. don't count is what you're saying. Well, no, I don't because here's the thing. <laughs> I, I've got great relationship with all my reps. Um, when I was a tech manager, I had great um, – well, in, until I sell left. I had great Crestron reps. The ones after that, <laughs> I couldn't, you know – uh, anyhow, um, you know the Extron <laughs> folks, uh, FSR. I mean, all of the folks that 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 came by and, and, and talked with it. I don't know if it was the fact that we were in the middle of the country. Um, matter of fact, I was having an issue with Biamp today, and, and I called up uh, a good friend of mine who's also our Biamp rep, Corey Boyer. I said, Corey, you know, I need help. Corey stayed on the phone with me for an hour as I troubleshot this system. Um, again, St. Louis is flyover country, but it's also a, a kind of a convert. I hate using convergence, but it is kind of a, a convergence of, of the east and west, and there's a lot of people in the middle here that that all you know kind of take care of each other. So I, I think so I'm. Here, here's the fun caveat to that, though. I called one of the companies that you mentioned just now, who I'm not going to name, yeah. because we have a project that requires some of their products. We're currently not a, a, a distributor, or sorry, a um, we currently don't buy from them. We've been trying to get him on the phone, our local rep. Or since before uh, ISE, wow. two weeks before ISE, I I can't get pricing yet from them. Not not my pricing, like List MSRP. Price. So I have an idea what I'm quoting. So now I'm gonna probably dump them and go to another company, who hopefully I can get on the phone. But you know why I can get them on the phone? Because I know one of the VPs. So. Worst case scenario, I'm going to get on the phone and call him and say, hey, I need to know who I'm buying from. Get me in touch with them. Put me up. I don't care where I have to go on the list. Get me somewhere on the list so I can buy something. Yeah. Because the bottom line is we're trying to sell your products. Exactly. And that, and that sometimes they forget that. Yeah. I, we have, you know, I've complained and, and rallied against this for years on this show. We want to sell your products. We are a small industry. You need us more than you think you do especially the smaller companies like mine. Yeah, we might be a bit of a headache, but we're the guys that are going to grow into the bigger firms that hopefully will keep the rest of your employees employed long after you've left your company. Yeah. 
I, I don't higher. think you're even I, I wouldn't even say that from a manufacturer standpoint that the small firms are a bit of a headache I think that what happens with the small firms I mean I, I like working with small firms personally um, I like working with the smaller schools personally I have a couple of contacts they end up being becoming friends um, they'll give you honest feedback so that you can modify your products so that it actually fits the industry rather than what you know an engineer room might think it should be doing I think that those smaller groups the smaller schools the smaller companies are really the ones who who have the most interest in allowing this industry to grow and by giving us feedback that's what you do and that's that's kind of the point like why would you go and buy something online when you can call somebody up and you can say hey listen does it do this because I really need for it to do this and you can't talk to your online shopping cart and say well as long as you're confirming that it does what I need it to do then I'm gonna press buy now there's no there's no interaction there's no support there yeah absolutely. I, I agree completely uh, all right, um, we're gonna we're up against time here. Uh, Harry, Matt, or uh, Matt, Matt, or you already had your say. Um, Harry Tucker or Neto, you guys want to chime in on the on the rep versus direct buy, folks? Um, I uh, it doesn't matter as much to me, although it is kind of disconcerting when a rep comes in with one hat and then leaves and then comes back in with another hat, and <laughs> and likes to use phrasing like. Well, we here at FSR, or we here at Crestron, or I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, the uh, the things that uh, the things that I like is the being able to call somebody internally, like being able to call Gina at FSR if I've got an FSR floor box issue that I need to figure out, or or something like that. It, having the contacts on the inside that can get me better information in a in a quicker fashion because while reps are good for selling and getting your face in front of people and getting your name in front of people out here in the trenches it's you've got to deal with it, you've you've got to deal with the actual nuts and bolts of what's going on so I'm much more concerned with the back-end support at, than I am necessarily the front-end sales rep. No, that makes sense. Mr. Neto? Was this more, now this is Ted Green, so yeah. was this more uh, resi consumer type situation where he was well, I mean, saying? It was, it, it, it's it's a lot um uh, it, it was a broad spectrum one right so it was just you know it was av in general but yeah it, it, i mean he, ted does tend to lean more towards resi because if, that, if if that's on the residential side i can definitely see that i think in the commercial side we tend to lean more to direct and to dealer reps and stuff like that as well because we're dealing with stuff that is not so much off the shelf yeah um you know gina cannot sell online because my Floor box has to be a specific floor box that I need. You know, aside from you know being X amount of feet and having X amount of pins and pinouts or whatever, that's you can buy online and that's great. But start getting into the, into the specifics of what you need for these projects on the commercial side. Um, it's not so much something you want to buy on the shelf. For the most part, you need to verify that. You know, but when you're mounting displays, you need to know the weight of the display. Can the mount 
handle it. Back display. So you know, and, and there is a whole series if you you know dial up Mr. Cox and he'll tell you about earthquake regulations yeah. and laws and safety uh, issues and stuff like that. So I don't think from a commercial side, the the off the shelf buying it online really applies. I think it's more of a of a statement towards the resi side of the. Well, I, I will say this. One of my biggest uh, commercial-specific distributors, their main push is, hey, have you visited our online store? Like, wow. No, I, I need to call you. Yeah. They're the... big. They like drones. Oh, jeez. <laughs> On that note, good night. We're going to wrap it up. Mr. Tucker, thank you, sir, for, for jumping in. We had a couple cancellations, and suddenly I ended up with five guests instead of three. So. Uh, my entire crew said, oh, yeah, Tim's in trouble. Let's go. Thank you, sir. Well, ha happy to be on, uh, and I can just say that we can now end this broadcast, and I won't have to go back to hear you snoring in the middle of the night. So. Amen, brother. <laughs> there you go. That's what happens when you spend a week in Amsterdam together and end yeah. up in the red light district, just for the record. Uh, random. Yeah, the left turn. There we were. It was a left turn. It was in the middle of the day. Just wanted to clarify all that. How can people find you? Uh, at Tucker 2 is on almost any social media, uh, Commercial Integrator, Higher Ted Tech, and a number of other publications. All right, very good. Speaking of uh, Red Light District, Harry Mead, uh, <laughs> thank you, sir. How can people find you? I have pictures of us from the Red you Light do, District. You do, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I am on Twitter at, at AVGrump <laughs> um, because I tend to pop other people's bubbles of happiness. Right. And uh, um, Facebook, Harry Mead, and uh, yeah, otherwise, that's about it. Very good. Mr. Matt D. Scott, thank you, sir. How can people thank find you. you? Matt D. Scott on everything. All right, Matt D. Scott on everything. Uh, <laughs> Chris like Netto. Everything.com, Matt D. Scott. All right. Mr. Netto. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore Netto. You can find my company at avhelpdesk.com. And uh, yes, Harry, you are the ultimate bubble popper. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, last but not least, Miss uh, Miss Sansevero, thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you for having me. This was a lot Absolutely. of fun, and I can't wait to do it again. Um, and I, yeah, you can find me at Gina Sands. Um, you can find me at FSR underscore EDU. You can find me on college campuses across the country, and you can find me at FSR every once in a while. Yeah, very good. And FSRs is one of our fine underwriters, so thank you guys for that. Uh, don't follow me, but go by the website because uh, Matt and, and uh, lots of, uh, lots of uh, uh, folks have, have put an awful lot of hard work on it. Avnation.tv, avnation.tv, you'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, right now, you're going to find a whole lot of video and, and blogs and writings from ISE. Uh, we'll leave that for up, up for a couple of weeks or so, so so you can take your time perusing all of the hard work that George and, and Harry and uh, Brian and Matt did uh, interviewing all the different uh, booths. I just sat around and, and drank espresso all day pretty much. Um, so, uh, so yeah, check that out if you would, please. Also coming up, uh, we have, uh, we have the Resi Week coming up next week. If you are going to NSCA's VLC, uh, say hi to Gina, say hi to me and, and some other folks are going to be there. Uh, I know Mike Shin's going to be there. Uh, Brock McGinnis, uh, uh, John Green, John Green, our buddy, uh, Kelly Perkins will be there as well. And I uh, know, yeah, you and know, Corey Schaefer is going to be Corey, there. Corey yeah. Schaefer. 
Chuck Wilson, you know, all kinds of really cool people. So, yeah, go by that. Uh, but, yeah, go by the website, avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been AV Weekend.